Wolfpack Nation. Welcome back to Scott Wood's one-man Wolfpack. Correction, we have the three-man Wolfpack today. Forget that one man. We've got three men. I'd like to welcome Anderson. I'd like to welcome Bobby. Two-man Wolfpack podcast, which we still are discussing the trademark and who stole what, but I probably took their, their stuff when I didn't actually know about it. But I do still apologize to this day about it. But now we're joining up. So we got something special. We're going to do a little bit of an NC State basketball breakdown. I've had a lot of guests on. You know, we've heard from the guests very little about the current NC State breakdown. So it'll be nice to get your guys' opinions uh, on this. So, guys, welcome to the show. Happy Thanks so much back. for having us on. Hey, any anytime. I, I'm telling you, the three-man Wolfpack is always better than the one-man Wolfpack. That's for sure. <laughs> Hey, so, even though you stole our name, we appreciate the collaboration. Like it's been, it's been, it's been a good thing. At at some point, you guys are gonna have to let me slide on that one. I, I swear by it. It was Goodson and Rob Dalster's Field of Sixty Eight Media Network. They came up with it, and I'm like, dang, that's got a nice jingle to it. And then literally a, three weeks later, I get a, a, a something on Twitter about me stealing a name, and I'm like, yep. I might have messed up there, but it's okay. Hey, but if that if that wouldn't have happened, then you know we wouldn't have had all these collaborations we've had. Very good, very good. So, Wolfpack Nation, before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now is the time because they're offering two hundred and fifty dollars match bonus to turn your deposit into cash money with their new Rush Pay instant approval. Withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With conference season tipping off, get into action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the BetRivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So, guys, I've, I've already told you. I've already given you the breakdown. Usually, I have a, a big, long list of questions. Uh, I don't really have that today. It's We're, we're solely just going to kind of wing it. We're going to go off what comes to mind, things that we've been thinking about for the season. A little bit of breakdown. Um, you know, NC State currently is, is 10 and 10, 500, three and six in ACC play, nine games in. We have 11 more games in the ACC. That's uh, Notre Dame tonight, which a reminder, this is being recorded on Wednesday, so it'll be released Thursday. We'll touch a little bit on the Notre Dame, Notre Dame game, but not too much. Then we got UNC, Syracuse, Notre Dame again, Wake. Pitt, Georgia Tech, BC, UNC, Wake Forest, and Florida State, which I would say in the ACC is a favorable schedule. I would not say that is, is very tough. I think Florida State's finally coming along. Wake Forest can play, but other than that, I'd say, you know, flip a coin for the Wolfpack on any of those games. So I guess, guys, before just jumping into it, you know, what have been some thoughts on, 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 the, on the season so far? Uh, anything that you can think of, we're, we're, we're going to knock it all down. <laughs> Who wants to go first? I can take it for right now. Um, you know, coming the season, I think I had lower expectations than most fans, even before Manny got hurt before that was official. I thought we'd get killed on the boards. I didn't think we had any, uh, pure shooters, guys that we could rely on night in night out to get points from. But, you know, Sebron and Smith have really come a long way to answer some of those questions, which is why, honestly, we're we're doing – I'd say we're slightly above water when it comes to Anderson Brewer's expectations before the season. But, um, you know, it's a young team. Uh, Jericho Helms has stepped up, which has been a arguably the biggest difference, especially looking at the uh, Louisville road win, 
um, last game especially as well, where he was just hit, hitting pretty much anything he threw up against Virginia. But um, you're looking at a spot where you're competing to be in the middle of the pack, the ACC, and that's basically the most I can ask for this squad. So I'm not super upset with it. I saw Bobby roll his eyes like you're crazy right there. So I'm interested, <laughs> to, I'm interested to see what, what he had said that made you roll your eyes a little bit. So um, I, I was in a similar boat preseason as Anderson. Um, I wasn't – I didn't think we were going to be great. I thought we were going to be very average. Um, even before Manny got hurt, obviously Manny getting hurt, that doesn't help us at all. Um, I didn't think we'd be the best rebounding team without or with him. And then without him, obviously that's come to fruition. We're not a very good rebounding team. Um, I, I like I like Turquavion. Uh, I've said, I've said several times throughout the year, I said, he's going to win us a bunch of games, but he's going to lose us a couple too. <laughs> but, uh, Hey, I love it. Keep shooting. I saw that he's leading the ACC in three pointers at, so at this point this year. So keep shooting it. Uh, Scott out of, I mean, you know, best out of anybody shoot or shoot, but, um, the J Cole thing, uh, man, I have been so up and down with him this year. There have been some times where I have questioned just about everything he's done in a game and then you know against uh against louisville we hit some big shots late down the stretch even though we lost the virginia tech game he hit a couple big shots um virginia he was lights out so i he's just been so up and down for me um but i guess at this point in the season uh we're a little below where i think where i thought we'd be i think we'd be uh i thought we'd be towards the back end of the second day of the acc tournament if it were to end today and right now we still be playing on the first day. So, all right. I think those are all very fair and very valid. I think part of the problem with me is I've been, I'm always very critical. I feel like my basketball mind is just always thinking about how it could be better and this and that. So I've tried to kind of shut that off and just look at it as, you know, their best players out, they're young uh, and try and take it for that. But it's, it's very hard for me. Uh, but one of the things you guys mentioned, obviously the big one that everybody's going to talk about, and it'll be talked about for the rest of the season, is Manny Bates being out. I had a little bit of a fun statistic. I stopped keeping it after a while. I really did. Um, at the beginning of the season, I said, when Manny Bates goes out, it's cost you eight wins. Eight wins. So at the beginning of the year, uh, the, the, the right state game, uh, take that away because I don't think Manny saves them in the right state game. But we're looking at Purdue, Oklahoma State, and there's like two others right after that where this team would have had four wins very easily if Manny Bates played. And I think their inexperience is what lost them games because, again, a very typical thing I feel like I'm saying about NC State is they hit some – stretches offensively where they're just bad i mean it's almost like a, a five six minute spurts where they can't even get a field goal um but i, I i'm kind of interested in your opinion do you think eight is too much or do you think eight is about the number because i i'm telling you th th there's been a few games with with the team and how thin they are and 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 how little you know of size they have uh they've been in a lot of ball games and i think manny would make a big difference if he was there so i'm curious to know how many wins that you see right off the bat because i know i know you guys probably got a schedule in front of you i'm too lazy listen, listen <laughs> i think i think you know manny makes a huge difference but you know i would point to uh 
it being more Jalen Gibson's in the game more so than Manny Bates being out. <laughs> that may also be. That, that, I mean, it's just. <laughs> I don't. See, you can put Breon in, and I'd be happy over Jalen right now. <laughs> but see here, from the the basketball mind of me kicking in, the the hard thing is, and I, I had an argument. I think it was Pack Insider, who they're great people, and we got into a little spat on on Twitter about about Cam Hayes, who's completely struggled since I made my comments. Um, But they were basically saying that they need to make a change and just basically remove Cam Hayes from the equation, which obviously Cam has not been playing great as of late. But it is also very hard in a pick-and-roll dominated game that defenses do not respect the role man. EB has gotten a lot better. Uh, Ross was good before he got hurt but they still don't respect the role like they would if it was Manny Bates. When Manny Bates rolls, he can catch it and dunk it. I don't fully trust EB to catch a ball and go dunk it with guards, you know, reaching at his, you know, his, uh, at the ball trying to get it, t- trying to strip it. And that's the one thing that I'm like, it's hard. Like when Cam Hayes comes off a ball screen and they've got two guys coming at him, it's hard to create an advantage when you, don't fully trust the roll guy to, to roll and finish. So that's one of the reasons that I'm like, you add them in there. Now all of a sudden you got a, a 10 to 14 point score that you trust to get rebounds, block shots. It completely changes the dynamic of the game. I hadn't thought of the, uh, of the Manny thing like that. And I, I'd throw the Richmond game in as one too, that, would, uh, that could, he could have made a difference. Yeah. Um, I think, and you made a good point about, you know, we, we used to throw those lobs to Manny off a of pick and roll quite, quite often. We hadn't really done that with, with, uh, with Ebenezer until we threw a couple to him in the Virginia game. So, I mean, maybe that's something we're, we're starting to starting to do more because his hands, his hands aren't the best, but I, I, I'm a fan of his. I think he's, I think he's going to be pretty good for us. He's putting good minutes for us. Um, with the Manny thing though, I still think, we would win some more games, but I think definitely his impact would be far more felt from a defensive standpoint rather than offensive. Like how many points were scoring, how many points were given up rather than how, how many points were scoring. Yeah, no, I'd agree with that. I think two offensive rebound putbacks is one that, you know, mm-hmm. Manny's going to get, but it's also uh, one of the things me and Chris Corciani were talking about uh, is when they press now, they give up, they give up probably just, just watching tonight's game against Notre Dame and watch against Carolina and count how many wide open threes or layups they give up off of the press because Manny's not back there to alter a shot. I think he really, you know, it's, it's easier to, to, to pressure the ball and be a little bit more risky on the press when you know you got Manny Bates back there that can change a lot of things. And now I feel like they'll give up two – you know, two layups, that's four points and a three. That's seven po- easy points that, you know, if Manny's out there, he can alter it a little bit. So I think that is, I mean, he's just, I mean, he's just such a, a big part to, to lose him is, is going to hurt. But um, I guess the next part that has, has really surprised people, I think obviously said that, that he would be a standout um, early on after seeing some practices is Turquavion Smith. So give me give me some of your guys' thoughts on what you've seen out of this kid. I don't think to shoot it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think me and Bobby saw that coming at all. But just the the mentality he has, like the Kobe Bryant, uh, just keep shooting until you get hot type uh, type deal. 
you know, with the lack of offense sometimes that we have, even when he was uh, 0 for 6 a couple games back, I can't remember, Bobby, you were going crazy when he was missing um, whatever uh, game he was. Who was that? I don't know. He was bad that night, though. Yeah, but, you know, all his shots looked like they were in and out. I was definitely okay with him just to keep shooting the ball because I didn't think we were going to get offense from anywhere else. And with a team this young, it's what you have to have out of these freshman guys. So, I mean, like Bobby said, I think Bobby put it best <laughs> when we started the show. He's going to win us some games. He's going to lose us some games. But right now, I'm okay with that. I, I have gotten – I will admit, you said I was – I was fear, I think it was the Nebraska game. I was furious at him, <laughs> but, uh, Hey, I've gotten to the point now where he's had, you know, he still had a couple, you know, okay games. He's also had a couple monster games. I'm at the point now, Hey, we need him. Keep shooting. <laughs> Keep shooting. Well, and I, listen, there's, there's a select few that I could say, you know, miss six in a row, even like air ball, like two or three in a row. And then the kid just comes back and makes six in a row. Like there, that takes a particular mindset and it and a lot of confidence. And that's the one thing I keep telling everybody. I was like, I wish his confidence would just rub off on people. Like there's, there's nothing better than playing with a guy that just goes out there, plays hard, has fun, and he just gets it up. I was, I, I, I even the other day I was telling somebody, I said, I've never seen a freshman take 20 shots in a, like a game. I think he's like at uh, like 15, 16, 17 shots a game. That's unheard of. But it's also like, who do you have that you want to take shots? You know, you know, if Manny's there, maybe he eats up, you know, three or four shots. You know, maybe you can spread the ball around a little bit more. You know, Cam Hayes hasn't been great. Casey has struggled as late. So where's the ball going to? He's also one of the only people that I would give the ball and just say, hey, break down, give me a buck, you know, give me a bucket, especially from, you know, a pull up or a three. Obviously, Darion can do it, but he's a little bit more different where he wants to solely get to the basket. So um, I think you guys kind of said it. I mean, he's just he's a microwave. I told him that when he, he came on the podcast uh, a few weeks ago and I told him, I said his nickname shouldn't be Baby T. It should be the microwave because he's instant offense. Like literally he could miss 10 in a row and you guys are just like this guy's just well, he's terrible. He's shooting us out of it. And all of a sudden he hits three big shots, you know, so uh, he has been. He's been a breath of fresh air, and he's been one of those newcomers that, again, I heard a lot of stuff about him in, in like, not their training camp, but, like, before the season had started that, that he was one to watch. But another one is Sebron. You know, he's one of those that has just popped out of nowhere. Coach Keats told me a lot of NBA guys are looking at this guy, and I went to practice and watched. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm going to, you know – hear what he has to say on this and again he, he played well in practice so talk about him and what he's met. I mean because what I said eight games with Manny Bates if you don't have Sebron playing like this you might as well take away three-fourths of the wins <laughs> he's got the it's the biggest jump I've seen uh in quite a while which I would argue you know we me and Bobby talked about this uh last season that Sebron has this ridiculous frame like the body he has is it's very unique and allows him to get to the rim pretty easily and just get around guys over guys it doesn't really matter he's going to find a way to the basket but the leap that he's taken from his freshman to sophomore year I haven't seen anything like it I don't think since maybe TJ his freshman to sophomore year when he became that you know just a young freshman into the ACC player of the year and that brilliant campaign campaign he had he's just a 
put the ball in his hands and he's going to find a way to score or distribute the basketball. And I can see why he's a projected first round pick in the NBA. It's, it's been incredible to watch. And he's mainly the reason I'm excited to go to NC state basketball games. <laughs> I was last towards the back end of last year when Darion put in some good minutes for us, not, not, not the minutes he's doing now, but he, he had some production for us um, on our pod. Anderson and I talked about it, that, you talked about this frame. He said, but he, he, he missed some, he missed some, some bunnies last year in the lane. He'd get to the rim, but he couldn't finish. And we were saying, you know, if, if he can learn, you know, finish through contact, you know, just play a little bit more under control, he could, he could be special. And for the people that haven't seen him play in person, I mean, you can see it on TV, but especially in person, the dude is stupid athletic. Yeah. So like you said, the jump is just crazy. Like he showed flashes of it last year, but, honing his game to finish and he's hit some ridiculous shots and finished through contact got into the line a bunch this year which is what we need so I mean he's undoubtedly the heart and soul of the team yeah I mean he's he's gonna probably need back surgery at the end of the season just from (laughs) the load he's carried I mean it's there's no doubt about that and it's it's just fun to watch I mean how he finishes at the rim because I mean he virtually does it without a three-point shot I mean, he, he'll shoot one from time to time. Uh, he doesn't hardly ever pull up. He just gets to the rim. And he's able to finish, you know, with a seven-footer down there and his man in there. Like, he's finishing with two, three guys. And then his knack to offensive rebound, it's almost like he's a magnet for the ball. You know, I think of I think of him and Richard have totally different bodies. But Richard Howe was one of those guys <clears throat> where the ball would go up. And some people just know where it's coming off the rim. He is always in the right spot, always in the right spot. And he has one of the quickest, like I call it a double jump where he goes up, gets the rebound, comes back down and he's up again. So he's finishing above guys that are just now hitting the floor and getting back up. He's that quick. He's that athletic. And I told somebody, I mean, he's, he's easily, I mean, he may creep into a lottery pick. Obviously it's just going to depend on his shooting, which is going to be the biggest part, but uh somebody was i made a a very bold statement i mean it was very bold um and i'll say it on here because i have enough confidence it was a very bold statement i said that he reminds me a little bit not too much there's there's still a lot of differences he reminds me of a john morant he's he's very similar of that athletic build they're both you know jaw's probably about six four he's a little bit taller Jaw has developed a, a, a very good jump shot uh, over the last couple of years in the NBA, but from an, like an athletic standpoint in the length and how they can finish at the rim, they just, for some reason, they just kind of remind me of each other. And it is a very bold statement because John Moran's one of the best in the NBA right now, but uh, that's what he, when I see him play, he kind of gives me that impression. Very similar. They have similar builds for sure. Like just the way, you know, styles of game and, what I appreciate about Sebron the most, I think, is that it's a very old school type of basketball or brand of basketball that he's playing, which you don't see a lot in college basketball, especially these days. So I, I'm just I'm appreciating him while he's here because I don't know if it'll be much longer. Yeah. Scott, the, the two guys you mentioned, I think I can see that. I think put that's Darion Sebron, a little bit of athleticism, little guard play from the John Morant portion, sprinkle in some Richard Howell rebounding. <laughs> yeah Except- well well the person i told looked at me and, and thought i was just you know talking out my rear end when i said john morant but i'm like hey 
I was like, it's, it's, he's got the, I'm not saying he's at John Morant's level by any means, but I'm saying when I watch him play, especially when John Morant was in college, just his downhill, get to the basket, almost like a bowl in the China shop and how he can finish was very similar. But John Morant has, which is something that Darion, especially at the next level needs to do is really develop the next part of his game, which is being able to take a pull up or knock down an open three, which is what John Morant has really gotten good at um, since he's gotten in the NBA. So Notre Dame tonight, I don't, I don't want to talk too much about it because it won't really matter uh, when this drops tomorrow. So Let's look ahead. Why not? Saturday at UNC. It doesn't get any better than that. All I know is Carolina's gotten waxed by like 40 points uh, the last few nights they've played. So what are your guys' expectations for that game? (laughs) uh... You You don't like that UNC's not playing good when State's about to come into town? That's the worst. No. That's in it. (laughs) Here's the thing. They stink. They do. They stink. I don't care what people, whatever. I don't, I, they're still talking about Carolina making, making the tournament. All that. No, they stink. Okay. This is a three game week for them. That's going to go one of two. They play again tonight too. That's going to go one of two ways. They won on Monday. If they win tonight, there's going to be confidence going into Saturday and especially Hubert being under Roy for so long, he's going to instill that same thing because Roy hated us saying, you know, we're not going to lose to him, especially here. Or if they lose, they're going to be pissed off. So I don't know. I, I just hate going to Chapel Hill for anything. Um, I don't know. I'm if, if, especially if you people have listened to our pod or know me personally, I, uh, <laughs> I'm not very positive a lot of the time when it comes, when we're playing Carolina and anything. We'll just put it like this. I have to. I'm literally looking up their roster right now because outside of Baycott, Love, and Davis, I really could. And the kid that transferred from Oklahoma, I really don't think I could tell you anybody on the roster. So I, I actually had to look it up. Um, We're gonna get destroyed down low. I just well, that's that's the that's the one thing. And that's I, the one thing I think is gonna make a difference. And I've been critical. I think, uh, especially with Ross out now, uh, and and Gibson hasn't played great. Uh, I, I think you have to double team. I, I just you got to You got to double team the post. You got to take some pressure off EB because the problem is as soon as he gets in foul trouble, you're done. Like the TikTok, yep. you're done. You're done. So, okay. uh, I mean, it, it just makes sense. He did it a couple times. I think it was the Virginia Tech game actually where he he went and doubled a few times and got the ball to their hands. But I know he's worried about shooters. But at the same time, it's like, dude, make somebody else beat you. You know, if Baycott goes for 25, you, you have no chance. You know, if R.J. Davis goes for 20, you got a chance if you can hold Baycott to, you know, 10, 12 points. So that's, that's kind of how I look at it. I mean, obviously, this Carolina team is a little bit better shooting team that they've been in the past. They've got a couple guys that can actually shoot 40% from the three-point line. But, you know, it all starts down low. You got to be able to stop him. And you, if that happens, you have a chance. So I'm just excited Roy's not coaching anymore. <laughs> to play how, long you think, how long do you think Hubert's uh, going to be there? Three years. You got three yeah. years? Anything I think we're going to be one of the reasons he gets canned early. I, I have this thing, you know, transition uh, period between Dean Smith and Roy Williams. I, th- I always felt like Hubert Davis was going to be the fall guy for when they can uh, get the guy that was at Greensboro. What's his name, Bobby? Guy, Wes Miller. 
Wes Miller, such a good coach. Didn't they uh, have a chance to get him? They did, and I didn't understand, but maybe they just wanted to separate him from – my theory was they wanted to separate, you know, the Roy era from – and have a little bit of a transition period and ease Wes Miller into it. I, they're probably not that smart, but that's – Wes Miller was the guy I would have hired if I was Carolina. This is exactly like what they did with Matt Doherty. Hubert's yep. going to go in there, do not very well for three years, get crucified for it, and right at the same time is why Wes Miller took the Cincinnati job to get him some bigger basketball experience, and he's going to take over. That's, that's what I think is going to happen. To play devil's advocate about the double team thing, like Scott was saying, we did that a couple years ago on Garrison Brooks and got cooked by it because we were so slow rotating off the ball. Did Luke May kill us like that too? Yes. Yep. Well, and I was – before they hired, obviously Wes was one of them, but I was a big fan of Jerry Stackhouse. But I – selfishly, I, I had played against Jerry Stackhouse's teams and the, the D League at the time. Now it's the G League. Um, and I, I mean, I thought he was a solid coach. Obviously it's a scary transition when you get an NBA guy to a college guy, very similar to what's so had, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to have that discipline and understand that these kids are still trying to learn. Uh, but I was a big fan of him. One for the fact that, I mean, it's Jerry Stackhouse. He has a huge name that's going to get recruits just because of his name, similar to Penny Hardaway, bad example, cause they're not doing very good, but you're going to get the recruits, so you're not going to lose that. You just got to be able to, from an X's and O's standpoint, be able to go out and, you know, win some games. Which Carolina is not going to need a high-profile coach to recruit well, though, either. Uh, they're going to take a big drop-off. I Actually, I was looking at the McDonald's All-American uh, roster, and you know how many UNC guys I saw in there? Zero. Zero. That's I interesting. The, I, said the same th- I said the same thing. Everybody asked me, when John Shire and Hubert Davis take those jobs, do you think there'll be a drop off? And I told, I said no because it's Carolina, it's Duke. Like they're still going to get the re- recruits because it's Carolina and it's Duke, you know. And I think Duke less so. They have a they have the, some their brand of basketball is even above Carolina's at, at this point, and just what K is built there. I, at least that's how far, I feel. I feel like Zion and you know RJ Barrett, the type of guys Kyrie Irving that they've gotten, they've had so many high profile NBA players go there that it just helps so much with recruiting. When people Michael Jordan literally question. played at Carolina. We got come yeah, on now. That's true, right. but that was what fifty years ago. Vince Carter, like, come on, they had some studs in it. We can't go that far. These are your childhood heroes, Scott, not ours. I'm just, okay. I'm just saying. I'm just. When I people mean, maybe... ask me that question, so far my answer's been wrong, as I thought Duke would have a drop off rather than Carolina, because Carolina's had the historical factor. Duke's one hundred percent of Duke's success can be attributed to one person, and that's Coach K. So I thought getting him out, I thought, you know, they would have a little bit of a drop-off, which, I mean, he's not even out yet. So so I got another question. Has the NC State taken advantage of the situation? Absolutely no. not. <laughs> so what are we would? So here's my question. What are we supposed to do to, to get in on this? You know, like, how are we supposed to take advantage of it? Because that's well, all I heard. And it was the most annoying thing ever. Like, oh, NC State's going to have to take advantage of, like, but at the same time, it's like, Hubert David don't look like he's going to fix it anytime soon. So you might have two, three years to be able to, you know, wiggle your way in there. It's too early to know with Davis. I wasn't a fan of – I wasn't – like I've said, I am not wasn't a fan of the hire. But I just 
I, right now we're at a crossroads where if you I'm not saying to do this but you know there's two huge factions on Twitter where, where you got fire Keats and oh my god Kevin Keats has had the most adversity of any basketball coach in the history of basketball and those two just go at each other but no matter what you do it's a lose-lose because one you you fire Keats you start over you lose our five-star recruit we're supposed to get in two years and if, if you keep on to them you might just get a mediocre brand of basketball for the next three years. So I don't really we know what now. to do. I don't have that strong of an opinion about it. <laughs> he said we have it now. <laughs> You're savage. It's <laughs> a good point, Bob. No, and I've always said I, it is a tough spot because it's, I've always said, like, you got to have a consistency. Like, you need a – and, again, this is dreamland, but you need kind of the, the Roy Williams. You need the Mike Krzyzewski, the guys that have had longevity because – if you don't have that, it's, it's hard for a recruit to come there and trust anything. Like if you have turnover every five years, it's, it's not fun to be recruited by that school. You know, like, like can you, gotta, you believe, can you believe Louisville's firing Chris Mack after what, like four years? But there, I, see, four again, seasons. I think that, I think there's something a little bit deeper to that uh, um, that may not just be because of the performance. I think there's uh, something once he got suspended six games, I think there's a little bit more probably behind the scenes that, we didn't fully get that has just rubbed the university so wrong. They're like, let's just get rid of them. I mean, it's pretty, I will say this. It is pretty bold when you don't have a, a president or athletic director to just give someone the, the ax. Yeah. I will say it's that. True. So did they, did they play a game after NC state? Did he play a game after? NC? I was about to say, NC state made, okay. They I was about to say hit after they, after we beat them. Um, yeah. They lost to Notre Dame too. Um, okay. So my two cents with the where do we need to go? Because I saw a thing the other day. People were talking. As a whole, has the ACC ever been this bad? No. Valid question. Not since I don't. Yeah, I can't think of a time when. So and we're in tenth right now. And I again, I'm not. I don't care. I'll say it. I've said it on our show a million times. I'm not. I'm not a fan of Keats. I don't think he's the guy long term. But I'm not saying can him immediately. I think, and you've seen this happen with some coaches in various sports. If you look at Keats's assistants right now, there are a lot of his buddies, a lot of guys who he's, you know, just made friends with through the years or whatever. I think the first step in that process is, hey, you know, if, if we're going to do something with the coaching staff, that is, need to say, hey, we need to get in a, some quality assistants here, not just your buddies. And if he's willing to do it, then absolutely. He's well, you know, he's committed to the program. If not, we're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. Well, it's, he's definitely been in a tough spot. I'll give him that, but it is, uh, it's, it's going to be interesting moving forward. Cause I I'm trying to see uh, like next year is kind of hard to follow. Uh, Cause with Darion and Manny is two. you know, are they both going to be here? Cause if they're both here, I mean, he's in fine shape. I mean, it don't matter who you got after that. You know what I mean? So uh, that's going to be the one piece, especially moving forward. Cause I think, I think they can, I think they can take a big, big jump the next year if they can get those two guys back. But with Darion creeping lower and lower on the draft boards, eh, that could be a tough one. So I don't think we'll have Smith or, or Sebron next year. I just, it's just how college basketball is, you know? And, and I, and heck, when I talked with Kevin Keats, he, he dang near said it. He said, it's hard to bring in freshmen anymore because they, you know, you can go get a transfer that's a second, third-year guy that have played the game, understand it, 
and they can give me legitimate minutes right away. A lot of these freshmen come in and they got to sit out because they don't fully understand the system. They don't understand the style of play and they're still learning. And nowadays you just, you get a transfer and it's, it's tough. I honestly single-handedly think that's the reason why Roy left because he's tired of dealing with that stuff. And Kay's out because he's tired of dealing with this stuff. I, I wouldn't want to deal with it either. Heck, you, could, you could have seven guys leave your dang team. Shaquille Moore left. left. You're left with a, a few, a few of the managers, uh, a couple walk-ons, and maybe two starters. That doesn't sound fun to be a coach. No, no. So, all Shaquille right. even really hurt us too. Yeah, uh, and and that's a that's a big one that a lot of people don't think about either. So, all right, this is you guys are gonna get what all my guests get. Okay, this is the ending. Okay, I call it I call it the starting five. It's just five questions. You guys answer it. Have fun with it, okay? Starting five brought to you by Refivey. Need a local real estate agent? As we all know, the real estate market is crazy right now. Maybe you have questions or maybe you just need an honest opinion from a trusted real estate professional to ensure your best interest is protected. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, call Refivey with Dogwood Properties. If you're considering the possibility of buying or selling a home, call Refivey on his personal cell number for a free buyer, seller, or investor consultation. His number is 919-995-3111. Again, that was 919, sorry, 995-3111. He's the best in the triangle, personal friend, NC State grad. Please reach out to him if you have any questions. So I don't care who goes first. Who, who wants to go first? Get it, Bobby. I'll All go right. first. All right, Bobby. You get the first question, and then after you're done, Anderson, you get the second question, okay? These are some of the best questions I've ever had. Some of the best. You can have dinner with any two people, alive or dead. Who would it be? It could be anybody. I've had athletes, politicians, man. rappers, I think. I had a rapper the other day. Man. I've man, had it all. Man. Family members. I've had it all. There's no, there's no wrong answer. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to try to, okay. So two people. So I'm going to give one historical. And since this is a state podcast, I'm going to give a state figure as my second one. Okay. Um, man, I just got to go with, cause he's been my idol forever. Philip rivers. Okay. That's a good one. Um, man, This is, that is a good one. That's a great question. I thought he was going to say Anderson for a second one. Oh, man. He can have dinner with me any night. <laughs> um, okay, this is this is one you may not have heard before. I'm going to say Julius Caesar. That's a good one. I have not heard that. That's a great one, actually. Yeah. And then you guys can go to Las Vegas and go to Caesar's Palace. <laughs> I love that. All right, Anderson. You've had time to think. So, any two I, people. I had it before Bobby even started talking. Uh. Well, Philip Rivers is on mine, so you know Bobby and I are similar in that department. You know, with our state idols, so Philip Rivers, uh, Thomas Jefferson, easy. They're two good ones again. So now, if Philip Rivers happens to listen to Scott Woods' One Man Wolf Pack slash Three Man Wolf Pack, maybe he he take you guys out to dinner. Oh. Make it happen, please. <laughs> I'll see what I can do, buddy. All right. So the second question: You got to take these wonderful people out to dinner, but it's got to be somewhere on. Or near campus, I'm talking Hillsborough, Western, a little bit of Avon Ferry, that area. Where are you going to take them, Anderson? Hillsborough Street. 
Oh man, you know, I'd get I'd get drinks at Mitch's when it opens back up again. I'm really excited about that. That coming back. Uh players retreat's also a good option. I said one. Listen, I was just giving out options because that <laughs> Mitch's is closed right now. And all right, for dinner, oh gosh. Man. I, Hillsborough Street. It's so, it's so much, it, Western, I mean. Oh, Western. Okay. You got Medias. Western and Hillsborough Street. Medias. I'm talking about the two that basically sandwich NC State University. Well, then or it's a meeting. I've had the atrium on campus, so I'm just I'm just trying to keep it on or near campus. It's a Medios, for sure. All right, that's perfect. Medios is a good one. I've had a Medios is probably the the number one I've had. Mine was easy, like just like you for the last question, Anderson. I knew immediately. I've spent more money in this establishment than I'd probably like to know. Sammy's, no doubt. Yeah, Sammy's is a good. Sammy's is the first place any visit I had. That's that's where we went. I won't I won't say it's my go to, but when I was in school, El Cerro. Uh, oh God. My who is my wife now? We, we I feel like we spent a ton of money there, but um, <laughs> El Cerro's trash. <laughs> hey, it used to be easy. a Rockola. I might have some El Cerro listeners on here. Easy, all right. <laughs> hey, so, I spent a bunch of money there too, though. <laughs> third question. Okay. NC State football. Where should they be ranked for the preseason? 14. Oh my 14. God, he got my number. Like, same number. That was weird. <laughs> 14. You got 14 too? That was literally about to say it. That was so weird. <laughs> you, you don't think they should be a little bit higher? No. Are they when have the, we ever, when have are we they ever the highest, up the okay. high expectations? Are they the highest ranked ACC school? No. No, Clemson should be higher. Wake will be higher than us. I don't agree with it, but they will be. Clemson going to be duty again. They weren't duty this year. People were under, overlooking them, man. They're duty. Straight <laughs> duty. Let's come All back right. to that in a year. Whatever. Lake's going to suck this year. I do think that, but they'll be higher than we are. I'll be – you can put it on a gif, me saying duty. That'll be <laughs> – that'll be, and then you can post it every time Clemson loses. All right? So, fourth question. NC State midseason MVP. T. Ooh. See? Wow. There's options there. I'll say Sebron. I don't know if you can go anywhere else with that. I mean, Sebron. I mean, he puts. But ba I mean, Baby T is one of those that I mean. He, if you don't have him either, he you you hurting. Oh, I agree completely. But isn't Sebron an ACC Player of the Year candidate right now? Yeah. I mean, I would take yeah. him. I would yeah. take him. I feel like I got to get in the habit of stop calling him baby T and start calling him microwave. I'm going to make that stick. microwave. There's only two guys you pick. We can't all three say Darion, so I had to mix it up a little bit. I see. I like that. I appreciate that. Well, see, if you guys wouldn't have said good job. I would have, I'd have said EB or somebody to really change it up. So, you know. So the last <laughs> question, and it may be the hardest for you guys. You guys are newly graduated for NC State. You, you know, you're starting in the real world. One of you guys are engaged and are getting dogs now. So, I mean, it's, it's real stuff. It's, it's coming quick. Kids will be next. It's just going to take off. Your favorite NC State memory? While we're in college? While you're in college. Oh, man. How about this? I'll give you while you're in college, and I'll give you just your outright NC State memory if they're different. Okay. That's definitely going to be a two-part two answer for me then. Okay, uh, favorite college memory, uh, freshman year, Louisville game is definitely up there. Um, 
yeah, it just that that has to be one of the best games I've ever seen and best environment. So that's that's got to be the best state football college memory. Okay, I was Bobby, torn between that and uh, beating beating Duke our or my freshman year too basketball. Mm. Since you said Louisville, I'll say I'll say beating Duke because we were zero and two in ACC play. They were really, really good, and we beat them. Um, yes, yeah, so that was my favorite one from college. Okay, so do you have a separate all-time memory? Not, not just a college student, but an all-time memory. I know you guys are first, like 10, so you guys probably first don't remember time, hey, First time rushing the floor when, uh, Scott, you guys beat Duke, and I think it was a wheelchair game where the guy got, like, almost <laughs> trampled. Roll CJ Leslie picked him up. Yeah, roll pack. That has yeah. to be up there. And uh, I think Philip Rivers is senior day. I remember really vividly. And that was like, that's really special memory to me since I was only like six I years hate, old. I hate to get distracted, but today my, my roll pack, he posted something on, I think it was Twitter about him. He was in his wheelchair and looking at his phone, texting. And you know how, when you're driving, it says like, please don't text and drive. <laughs> and he posted that today. One of the funniest <laughs> things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, maybe I should slow down. Is Apple trying to tell me something? One of the funniest things I've ever seen. So, All right. Bobby, you got one? Philip Rivers senior day, him lifting the jersey over his head is probably my first memory ever. I remember that. But since Anderson said I won't say it, um, the, the Hail Mary heave to John Dunlap in the back of the end zone against Boston Co- Matt Ryan's Boston College is really up there. That's – that's so way high up there. How old were you when that happened, though? Let's see. I was 2007, right? Yeah, that was 07. So I was nine, uh, nine. Oh, you remember that at nine? Yeah, dude. Scott, I, I remember the 2002 game against Ohio State because I went to it in uh, in the horseshoe. Oh, yeah, my parents didn't let me go to that one. That's diehard. That's diehard right there. Not well, guys. That's all I have. The, the only other thing I have is I need Anderson to flip around his hat so I can see the front. There you go. There you go. All right. That's better. That's better. I like that. I like that. I like that lid right there. That's a good there. one. A that good is one. a good one. So, guys, I appreciate you coming on. I mean, I, I didn't have a set plan, but I feel like we navigated uh, through the podcast pretty well. Absolutely. Thanks for having, Thanks us, for having on. us on. No, we'll, we'll do it again. I love, I love breaking down the game with you guys. Uh, so, NC State Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in. Please uh, like, follow, do all that stuff that you're supposed to do. Uh, This concludes Scott Woods three man wolf pack for this episode. So hopefully um, we're bringing you good news tomorrow with a Notre Dame win. And then hopefully the next time I talk to you, it'll be coming off a UNC win. So uh, hopefully we can get those two wins again. Appreciate everybody tuning in and listening. Go pack.